Today on the Zabecast, Philly fans have their panties in a bunch over something Al Michaels said on Sunday night. I say they doth protest too much. Drew Olson from the Big 920 Milwaukee joins us. We talk about ice makers, Thursday night games, and exchange equally insane ideas about NFL scheduling. All that plus a report from the Festival of Dangerous Ideas. Your essential sports talk day starter is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. (laughs) Here we go. Wednesday, November 14, 2018. Thank you for downloading. Before we begin, sports fans, football season is quickly running out. It's time to get in on the action with MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can bet aside, predict scores, track player props. MyBookie.ag lets you play without cash or other purchases. Use promo code ZABE, that's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.ag has in-game live action on every major league event, even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.ag than today. Go to MyBookie.ag to open an account and join in on the fun. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Signing up is easy and you'll have access to your own personal dashboard. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code ZABE. No deposit necessary. Terms, conditions apply. Void where prohibited. Couple of emails to begin We start with this one from Steve in West Virginia. Hey, Zabe, sitting here watching the Rams and Seahawks game, and I had a crazy thought. Oh, ding dong, crazy's here. Oh, I always open the door for crazy. Let me know. What's your crazy thought? Why wouldn't Tony Romo, Zabe, make a great defensive coordinator? He basically already knows what play the offense is going to run ahead of time. He could communicate with the linebacker via the mic and tell him what's coming like he does to us at home. In other words, brilliant, he says. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I'll hang up and listen off air. Keep up the good work, Steve in West Virginia. Let's see. I think there's guys on staff who could guess at plays as well as Tony Romo, if not better. Because while Romo may have spent a couple of hours getting ready for his broadcast and looking at the teams in question, the coaching staff has been pouring over this shit for a whole week and then some. I don't think you want to just guess at the play. Like, Tony can guess at the play on the air because if he's wrong, what's the consequences? Eh, okay, so it wasn't that. It was something else. If you are on the sidelines guessing the consequences of being wrong are a 92-yard touchdown or something like that or your quarterback getting killed or who knows what it is. So I think that's an interesting idea. I don't think it would work. This one from Dan T. in Syracuse, New York. Hey, Zabe, did you see Shady McCoy score right out of the gate the other day against the Jets? As soon as he crossed the goal line, he turned his back and began looking for flags. It was hilarious. All of us Bills fans do the exact same thing. Whenever anything remotely good happens, we start scanning the field for yellow. Sincerely, Dan T. in Syracuse, New York. Not just Bills fans, Dan T. Every fan now in the NFL. This is one of the great, this is one of the things that has ruined part of the greatness of the NFL, and that is replay. 
everyone's like, well, it was a touchdown, technically, but they're going to look at it. You got to look at it. Got to make sure all scoring plays are confirmed. And it gets to be a exercise in tedium sometimes. We're like, oh, God, it's a touchdown. It's close enough. He was in. He caught it. The ball was off the ground. Just enough already. What has what instant replay has done, and in his point, you know, flags, it's taken away the joy of the moment in football. Your team scores. They make a big play. Yay. It counts. Now, there's nothing you can do about a holding penalty that's behind the play, out of the TV view, that was a real holding penalty that deserves to be called and negates a big play. That's part of the game. But there's too much of it. And I think everyone is now watching NFL games going, oh, shit. Is there going to be a penalty? Please don't be a penalty. Was that a flag? And what's even worse is when the announcers say, oh, hold on a second, I think there was a flag in the backfield. And then sometimes they're wrong. It's almost like coming back from your doctor and your doctor saying, oh, there's something I don't like on this report. What? What? Oh, no, actually, that's fine. That was your uh, LDL, not your HDL number. So, yeah, you're good. That is the worst. I would, if I was the NFL, of course, get rid of replay. And number two, I would mandate, I would say publicly, our goal is to reduce penalties by 30%. And we're going to find a way to do it. We are going to eliminate a lot of rules from the rule book that we think are not necessary. They don't add to the enjoyment of the game. And number two, we are going to instruct our referees to call fewer penalties. Honestly, wouldn't you rather have more holding in the NFL, even when it goes against you and people bitch all the time, that's holding. How's that not holding? Wouldn't you rather have more holding, 20% more holding, if it resulted in 40% fewer flags? Because if it's applied equally to both teams, then what does it matter? Doesn't It doesn't matter. You want big plays, right? Yes. And you want to rest assured that absent somebody getting murdered on a play, it's not going to be called back by penalty. Ding. Two things would make the game better. Guy, I could be commissioner, I think. What does the job pay? Oh, wow. Per year? Wow. Yeah. Oh, no, I'd, I'd like that job, yeah. In fact, I could probably come in for less. You know, like 50% less? 30%? 90% less? Oh, I'd do it for sure. Dayline Philadelphia. God, I love it when Eagle fans are eating themselves. And they're not really eating themselves. They're now getting their panties in a bunch. This is from the Philly Inquirer. Apparently, Eagle fans are now upset at Al Michaels and at Peter King for things they said regarding booing that occurred at the end of the first half in Philadelphia. Here was a, I'll give you a little highlight clip here uh, from the game in which uh, the Eagle fans had had enough on this cold November night in which the Cowboys came in and punched him in the face repeatedly. And click. Come on now. For Spike, he's going to sneak it and sneaks it into the end zone. What a turn of events here. Philly got the big sack, took the timeouts, the pass to Gallup for 25, the catch by Hearns just outside the goal line, and Prescott sneaks it over for the first touchdown of the game. There was no mystery what was coming here, and just couldn't stop it. Zach Martin, bad knee or not, just took All right, they didn't mention, that clip does not have them talking about the booze. Good prep work. Shut up. Anyway, on WIP's morning show, 
on Monday, co-host Rhea Hughes, who was at the game, criticized both Michaels and King for criticizing Eagle fans after the team's lackluster first half. Said Rhea, quote, you just called Eagle fa- the Eagles toothless and the Eagle fans are supposed to golf clap him? You know what the problem is with Peter King and Al Michaels? They haven't paid for a ticket in a long, long time. They don't have a clue. They're not sitting in the stands. They're not paying for those tickets. They have no clue. I would expect to be booed after a performance like that, said former Flyers player and fellow NBC sports announcer Keith Jones. It should be in every city. Unfortunately not, but Philadelphia does it best. King, by the way, wrote, booing the crap out of the team that delivered a stirring Super Bowl win nine months ago. Totally Bush League, says King. (laughs) Meanwhile, Angelo Cataldi, or Mike Sileski, told Angelo Cataldi on WIP, the academic and egghead way to say it would be that Peter's statement reflects a fundamental misunderstanding of the Philadelphia fan base. Basically, he doesn't get it. Winning was never going to lower the standard of Philly Eagle fans. If anything, it was going to ratchet the pressure up on the team higher to repeat. If he thinks that Philly fans shouldn't have been booing in that situation last night, I don't know what games he's been watching and what fans he's exposed to over his years of covering the NFL and the Eagles. (laughs) Philly media now mad at Al Michaels and Peter King and caping up for their beloved fans, their beloved horse crap eating fans, their greased light pole savage fans. Oh, I love it when when the fun drains out so quickly. Of course, I'm still afraid of them more than I am the Cowboys in the division, so I should shut my hole right now. And let's say hello... To our friend Drew Olson from the Great White North. Where the DJ talks, don't say anything. Okay. All right, Drew Olson joins us now from the Big 920 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Don't worry, Drew, I'm recording right now. So you can just hit record on your end whenever you get a chance. I like these hot opens. No time to chit-chat, just hot. Come in hot on the aircraft carrier deck. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Are you really doing great? Because you were late due to your plumber today. You were talking well, reverse yeah. osmosis. What do you got going on plumbing-wise at your house? Just It was a normal maintenance thing for the RO system. but The I RO system? What's that? Reverse osmosis system. Oh, okay. Uh, it filters water. I live in an area where the water is very iron-heavy. I have a well. I don't have city water and sewer. You might have the same thing. At, okay. Uh, All right. So you're on, a, you're on a well even though you're in a neighborhood? Yes. Interesting. Well. Yes. Okay. So you drag and, it out of the out of the ground, and then you reverse osmolize it. Yeah, whatever that process is. There's just <laughs> filters involved, and so there's a. I think I rent the system, but they come in and then they replace the filters, and I pay for the filters, right? But we found out that I have um, in the kitchen. I got that secondary prep sink that never gets used. You know. <laughs> what are you prepping? Don't need to prep pop tarts. Don't need yeah, to prep exactly. microwave burritos. Require no prep whatsoever. Exactly. But next to that, adjacent to that, I have a wine fridge and an ice maker. When we re- redesigned the kitchen at Stately Olson Manor, I told my wife, I want an ice maker because I don't want to fuck around with the refrigerator ice thing. Oh, yeah. And so the guy said, and the, the breakthrough today was that you can take the reverse osmosis thing and it can be filtering the water to the ice maker, which I never knew. He's like, don't you want crystal clear ice? Like I hadn't Ooh. thought of it. I don't care about what color the ice is because I put it in the I put it in my diet 
you know, Coke Zero or my Diet Mountain Dew, and I don't care about it. But it turns out that that can be that can happen, and I didn't know this. And then it's like, well, we have a refrigerator freezer with an ice maker, but that's never on. It's like, well, the RO is hooked up to that too, but we never use that because that's where we put the ice cream. Oh wow! Okay, so you <laughs> got a lot going on full, right there. Yeah, when the freezer's full, that's where we put the ice cream. All right. First things first. You have got to step up your ice game. Because you can't just say, I don't care what color the ice is. I once saw on a bag of ice a phrase that will live with me forever now. You ready? Yes. Ice is food. Oh, my God. That's what I said. I go, wait, 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 wait. Ice is not food. That's bullshit. You, if, you, if you are trying to live off of ice like a Victoria's Secret model <laughs> who, who eats ice and a rice cake for dinner if she's really indulging, you're going to die of starvation. But what I understood was is that the ice industry, or as I like to call it, big ice. Big ice. Big ice. They want you to remember that ice is a perishable product that has its own qualities of freshness and taste and a lot of things that go with it. So, yeah, crystal clear ice would be great for you to have. I want an ice maker that poops out little cubes that are clear cubes. Not the big, milky white, orange slices of ice. That ice sucks. Oh, I hate those. Yes, yeah. Mine are cubes. I definitely have cubes. I want the little tiny cubes that have the the dimple in them and are absolutely crystal clear. I'm trying I'm trying to think who has that kind of ice. Like, for example, when I go to a certain uh, quickie marts, like... Uh, oh, the, yeah, the hometown ice, the glacier, or whatever it's called, yeah. Uh, when I go to, I think, the A-plus marts that have the polar ice, they, they, first of all, there are two things at one of the uh, fast the fast foods, one of the convenience stores I, I go to, and I, I frequent them all, Drew. I could be a connoisseur on this, from 7-Eleven to Wawa to Sheets to Speedway to AMPM, you name it. And, of course, it varies by region. We don't have AMPMs here in D.C. Those are like an Arizona thing. <laughs> You've been true. to AMPMs in Arizona I when have, you go to absolutely. spring training, right? Yeah, yeah pretty good. Yeah. So so uh, at this, uh, at the, I think at the A-plus supermarts that are gas station and, and marts, they have not only styrofoam cups. Boo! Boo! And they also have little milky... Not ice cubes, but I'm trying to think of how to describe this kind of ice. It's like a soft, pebbleized ice. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that ice as well. I want my ice hard, and I want it clear, and I want it fresh. I don't want it tasting <laughs> like broccoli or other stuff. You ever go to a kid's house whose parents had ice in the freezer that tasted like the leftovers that were elsewhere in the freezer because the air oh, and the yeah. scent of it. And you'd, you'd, yes. you'd put it in your drink and be like, this tastes terrible. That is, and it, oh yeah, it poisons the drink. Yeah. So you have an ice maker that works. I do. But the nice. thing is, it, it makes a lot of sound because it, so that you don't get one big contiguous ice cube with, you know, 900 uh, d- different little, modules on it okay yeah so you don't freeze them all together like when nachos congeal so basically it makes noise as the water sweeps over it because water has to sweep over it to make sure that the ice is ready to scoop so every once in a while it makes that noise and you have to put up with that in my kitchen 
But when I when I not had a break, not a deal breaker by okay. any means. And has it has it worked well? You know, ice makers are complicated mechanical devices. They are, and this thing's worked well for like fifteen years. Well, so then, knock on four mica. Yeah, you're doing pretty well. Uh, my my buddy growing up across the street, Alan Labasi, his parents for some reason, and this was well after the advent of plastic ice trays. You know, the plastic ice trays where you just twist the plastic and the ice cubes pop out. They had old school ice maker trays that were made of aluminum. Did you ever see one of these? Yes. Yeah. And you would have to. And so it was an aluminum tray with an aluminum uh, sort of lattice work of eight chambers with a uh, a handbrake action on it a yes. lever that you would pull a up. lever yes You'd i know pull exactly the lever. you know what i'm talking about yeah. you pull the lever up and then the ice would fracture and crack and everything but it was uncomfortable to do it was messy sometimes your hands would stick to the frozen super cold aluminum tray and it was the worst way to do ice and i kept telling my buddy alan i'm like why don't you tell your mom and dad they make plastic ones that you just twist and it goes and all the ice comes out. <laughs> exactly. Didn't didn't want to hear of it. They were with the old school ice they maker. Were. So <laughs> that's hilarious. All right. So what was the bill on the plumbing? Uh, it was only it was nothing, but just for the filters. Like they own the RO system. Nothing I, I meaning it. you paid zero dollars. Uh, well, I, I paid for the filter, so fifty dollars. Nothing for that. Okay. Nothing else. Good. So yeah. Good because when whenever plumbers come to your house, you don't know what you're getting into. That's true. You don't know what could be wrong, and hopefully you've got an honest plumber, but I'm sure there's a few shady ones out there that say, well, we could replace his this, too, while we're at it. We could pl- that, replace his that while we're at it. That raises the question of uh, who, who's most likely to screw you? A plumber? A dentist. An electrician? Oh, did I say that out loud? A <laughs> dentist? You're an anti-dentite. Are you an anti-dentite? Come on, now. Or, or... The the mechanics the the guys that say hey you know your Johnson rod needs replacing that's going to be eight hundred dollars so we'll have to order the part uh, you know because everything's yeah. computerized with cars now you have no there's no way you can get under there and turn a wrench yourself. Funny you should mention that my father who uh, for years and years and years worked on the cars in the house he would get them up on ramps in the garage. Oh and change the oil yeah. Oh, more than change oh. the oil drew. My dad would go and get the actual dealer manual of the vehicle that we owned from the dealer. Mm-hmm. This is a book the size of a phone book, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And he would then, oh, I, I need memo to self. I'm going to go ask my dad when I see him next to see if he has any old manuals that I could take a picture of or do a little video of. He, uh, he not only would get the manual, the actual dealer manual, but he would make copious detailed notes in the margins of any number of repairs that he would execute on said cars. Crazy, right? That and is so crazy. I spent more than a few hours of my teenage years on my back on the dusty garage floor helping my dad by sticking my hand up there, holding a wrench, like just, just hold that tight. I just need you to get that there. And then he he'd you know take something off. He did some pretty ambitious repairs back in the day. Anyway, so uh, his are we talking brake jobs and stuff like that? More than brake jobs. Wow. Okay. I'll, I'll have Transmissions to uh, and- Yeah, I think he uh I think he has replaced like a CV joint before. Ooh. With the uh, CV boot that's got to be filled with oil and shit like that. Oh, yeah. That's some Some next-level stuff, yes. And you didn't inherit any of this gearhead gene at all. Well, no. And and I would tell my dad <laughs> I would tell my dad how much I didn't like doing this. But I still did it anyway. And he, said, he would always say to me, well, hopefully, son, you'll grow up one day to have enough money. You can just go take it to the dealer. 
Ah. Which, as we know from Seinfeld, they made fun of. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just take it to the dealer. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you just throw it? Oh, yeah. Costanza's like, yeah, sure. I'll just take it to the dealer. Why don't I just throw my money away? So my dad, uh, their, their, their Acura uh, MDX SUV. Oh, my I wife's have the same vehicle. I have man. Isn't it great? Handed down to my daughter. Yeah, it's great. Great vehicle. Um, my, my, the, the light came on and my dad was telling me at dinner the other night, he's like, yeah, I didn't want to take it to the dealer. So I went to this, you know, auto repair shop, Mr. Kim, a nice Japanese auto mechanic that's several towns away. And he took it to him to have it looked at because he didn't trust anybody else. He had heard that Mr. Kim had a very reputable reputation. And he said after, you know, because the light came on, it just said, you know, it was just a generic light. Yeah. You know, like, hey, the light's coming on. Take it into the dealer so we can charge you $1,200 for something or another. Yeah. So we, uh, so he, he goes and he brings it in. And he says after, you know, looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. Mr. Kim came back and said, I'm sorry, we, we don't know what the diagnostic is. We can't figure it out. We don't see anything that's wrong, but we don't know why the light is going off. You're going to have to go to the dealer. <laughs> yeah. Not possible. Yeah. So uh, I'll call my dad, get an update on that, because, boy, Definitely. he hates to do that. And he's, he's uh, at the age where he's not going to get under the car anymore and try to fix shit himself. Oh, yeah. Th- those ramps make me nervous anyway. Always did back in the day. Uh, yeah, you know we why? We used to use them for skateboard stuff and trying to dunk off of them, too. <laughs> back in the days before there was you know, YouTube fails, we would try to do stuff like that. Right, right, because that's what they were for. It's like, oh, hey, yeah. my dad has some car ramps in the garage. Let's put a piece of plywood on one and exactly. jump our BMX bikes. That was, uh, that All was right. entertainment. All right, let's start with the Packers today. Yeah, about time. Ice talk, car talk. What did I tune into here? <laughs> All right, let's start with the Packers. Is it possible, Drew, that the most important Aaron on the team is not Rodgers? At I'll this s- point. I'll sit down with that hot take and let you answer off the air. Go. At this point, yes. At this point, it is possible. If, if they're going to right the ship... And uh, inject life into this offense. Aaron Jones is the horse they need to ride for now. He is a stud, isn't he? He's special. There's just you can just tell he's special. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the blazing speed. He ran a four five six at the combine, but he's quick. He's football fast. Oh, absolutely. He's to the holes. He's into got instincts and cuts and and which way and finding stuff and making a, a five yard run out of what should have been you know a right. half a yard gain. It's right. amazing. He's got burst ability. Yes. How's that for a phrase? It's a good phrase. Maybe not breakaway top line speed, but really, does it matter with running backs that they can run away from everybody in the open field? It's nice when a Nick Chubb goes for 92 yards like the Browns last week, but that's the anomaly right there. You want a burst back who is tough to put on the ground, and that's Aaron Jones. And he's leading the league in yards per carry at six per, but he's not getting enough carries. How is McCarthy going to be forced into running this guy more? He, I don't know about Forrest. I mean, he just, it's the realization. First of all, what all right, the Packers well then, would tell us. Then, the why, would then say, why isn't McCarthy running him more? All right, well, what the Packers will say is, you guys don't know everything. You don't know game plan. Like, he's uh, a liability in blitz protections and blitz pickups and stuff. And okay. So you're, we're telegraphing to the other team. If he's in there, they know we're not going to necessarily pass. There's a lot of layers to it that they can say. Okay. But the bottom line is the guy is special enough that, 15 carries is what he got on Sunday. It should be always, that should be the baseline. It should be between 15 and 23. Right. 
You know, and, and that just, was his high carry total for the year. I do yeah. believe. And, and and the other thing is, he's not that big, and they might be worried about durability. But I think you just got to ride him. It's like a pitcher. You're in a pennant race now. The Packers have put themselves in a position where every game has playoff implications, and it's it's almost like you go back a generation in our market. CC Sabathia was pitching on three days rest for like a month, and that's about what they have to do with they. You know, injuries be damned. We have to ride this horse and try to save the season. Right. Uh, let's see here. Game logs, uh, 15. Well, you know, I'll, I'll give him credit. Last three games, Jones has been getting more and more work. He started the year getting six carries, 11, 7, 8. Then the last three games, 12, 14, and 15. So yeah. it's heading the right direction. It is, and it's taken a while because the Packers would rather, though they chirp like everybody else does about balance, they'd rather have Aaron Rodgers throw it 40 times. And what kills me is third and two, they they have you know they'll go uh, empty backfield and have Rodgers scramble around and try to find somebody open when there's nobody open like what are you doing yeah. you got this kid who's good for five yards a pop what are you doing yeah third and two sadly in this league nowadays is passing, a passing down. down every down third and one is a passing down fifty percent of the time it really is yeah. uh, by the way did I say six yards a carry uh, that was not counting last week's gaudy nine point seven yards per tote on his fifteen for one forty five Aaron Jones is now up to six point eight. <laughs> 6.8 yards per carry. Luscious. Yikes. So it was a good win for the Packers, obviously, to punk a bad Dolphin team that had Brock Osweiler, a bunch of guys injured, more guys injured during the game. You needed that win, I think, to get back to being at least the Packers the, with they Aaron Rodgers. needed that Rogers, win to save Mike right? McCarthy's job. I, oh, really? Oh, he was he was coaching for his job in that game. Wow. Because here's the thing. Um, had they lost that game and had a losing record, they would have had no zip, no spring in their step going into Seattle Thursday night on a short week and a toughest, a toughest, one of the tougher venues to play in in the league. They would have lost that game. Then they'd sit on that for 10 days with fans stewing and howling about a season that's lost in the window of Aaron Rodgers' prime closing rapidly. And then they go, would have gone and played uh, Minnesota after the Thanksgiving week on Sunday night football, which is probably a loss up there. That, and that would have set in motion the events that would have led to his demise. He might still get fired. Yeah. But that would have guaranteed his firing, in my estimation, the wow. loss against the Dolphins. Wow. So, therefore, he was coaching for his job, in my humble estimation. You know, it's funny. I have so long since given up on banging on McCarthy, although some would, <laughs> although some would say otherwise, Drew. I really have stepped down. I feel like the guy that has made his point, has said his piece, and has walked away going, there's nothing more I can do. He's probably going to get fired eventually. It's a damn shame it's taken so long, but okay, whatever. I wasn't even tuned into that much importance on that actual game for McCarthy's future. Now, you guys would never fire him mid-season, would you? No, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Not I mean, the Packer way. And and when the Jets aren't even going to fire Todd Bowles mid-season after an abomination like they put down against the Buffalo Bills – you know yeah. that the trend of firing coaches midseason is apparently, you know, not what it once Other was. Other than in Cleveland. Other than in Cleveland, yes, exactly. They buck trends all the time. That's true. That's true. So, all right, so the Packers, let's horse race this going down the stretch here. And I'm looking at uh, footballdb.com. You ever go to that website, footballdb.com? I don't know that I have. Some essential sites. This would be a pro tip for all you kids out there that like professional tackle football. If you're ever wondering, okay, when was the last time my team or any team played another team, go to footballdb.com 
or better yet, just Google search football DB, meaning database, footballdb.com, and then type the two teams that you want to remember when was the last time they played. Because I am trying to remind myself when was the last time the Packers were at Seattle. Care to take a guess? Uh, the Brandon Bostic game. A fateful day, January 18, 2015. A date that shall live in infamy. Seattle 28, Green Bay 22 in overtime. Yeah. So this is the first trip back. You've played them three times at your place since that game. Can you believe that? That is strange, the way the the schedule shook yeah. out. That is strange. You played Seattle three times at your place since that game. You beat them all three times. And you played them last year in September at, at uh, you know Lambeau, and you beat them 17-9. to So this is the first trip back. How much of that game do you think on Thursday night, which is the national game of the week, and it's a Fox game, how much of, of the painful memories of Jan 18 will be shown on Thursday night football? Ooh, that's a great <laughs> question. And, and do, you, do you think it's fair game for networks to do that, to bring that shit up? Like, well, you know, this is what happened the last well, time. Well, we've got casual here. fans here, so yeah. Or is is it hardcore fans? You're trying to get casual fans, but is it hardcore fans that turn in on Thursday night? Hardcore gamblers, fantasy guys? Yeah, I don't know. Who are you programming to? I know you're always trying to expand the tent, but let's be honest. It's Thursday night. Right. It's the dead of fall. There's a lot of, you know, school plays and crap, and, you know, you're... I, I'm not sure. I think it'll be mentioned. It'll be mentioned among the history of the the teams, along with the fail Mary. Yeah, the fail Mary was another one. That and that was so the Packers have just a lot of bad history up there. So <laughs> yeah. it can't be ignored. But I don't think it's going to be like we're going to build the broadcast around it. Okay. No, I don't because think there's you too would. much, too many other ramifications for well, both yeah. teams. Both yeah. teams have a lot on the line here. Yeah. For a it, Thursday night game. Interesting that Russell the, Wilson has sort of faded back into the weeds of just another NFL quarterback. Joe Flacco. He's in Joe Flacco's subdivision. Is he? He kind of, in a way he is. I mean, he's a totally different player than Flacco. Super Bowl winners who have just kind of like, they're not in the discussion of the hot guys anymore, MVPs and best in the business. They're not considered top five. Do you, uh, have you been seeing how little Russell Wilson has been throwing the football this year? I I haven't I just started to dive into them because we're starting to we're gearing Prep up for this up for big game. game. Yeah, we're getting yeah. into this big game. But look at, look at some of these passing totals. 26, 17, 23, 21, 26, 26. He's only top 30 passes 3 games this year out of, you know, 9. And he hadn't top oh. 40 yet, which some would say, well that's because he's not a great pure passer. That he has always been a scramble around, run around guy. He also has 210 yards rushing, which is on pace for about four. Well, let's see. That's, let's see how my math is. Drew. I was going to say, what's his standard? Um, okay. All right. So let's see. So he's on pace. Let's call it 400 yards. He's okay. got 210 yards rushing through nine games. Uh, do you remember what he was rushing for when he first came into the league? Uh, wasn't it north of 750 yards? Uh, Yes. In fact, high water mark, 2014, Russell Wilson ran for 849 yards. Damn. So here's the numbers on Russell Wilson rushing. 489, this is as a rookie year. 489, 
539, 849, 553, 259, 586 last year, and then 210 this year. So he's heading heading in the other direction, which makes sense because you, you can't in this league be a running quarterback for a 15-year career. No. I mean, that's – you can't even – I saw it with Favre and we're seeing it with Rodgers now. They, you, you talk about jittery or whatever you want to say. They're less apt to hang in there and take hits of yeah. any kind. All right, so let's play it's the horse nature. race. Let's play the horse race on the Packers and the division. Currently the Bears are 6-3. and three. First and foremost – do you believe the Bears are legit? I'm I'm still iffy on them. If their <laughs> kicker keeps doinking, <laughs> four uprights by Cody Parkey. That was incredible. That, is that incredible. was incredible. Now their defense is legit. I don't think that offense is ready for prime time against a good, you know, playoff caliber defense. They they, they could prove me wrong though. Imagine if they hadn't thrown away, literally thrown away that week one game at your place. Very with true. A, with a crippled Aaron Rodgers. Very true. And they blew a 20-point lead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Bears have Minnesota at home this week. Then they're at Detroit. Yeah. Then uh, they're at the Giants. That's the, that's the Thanksgiving game, which we'll talk about in a minute. That's the quick turnaround. Oh, that's so. right. Then they're at the Giants. So Detroit and the Giants are soft spots. But they then are. they get the Rams at Soldier Field. They host the Packers at Soldier Field, at San Francisco, another softie, and then at Minnesota, which obviously will be a tough. They've got three okay. soft and three tough, the yeah. Bears. Yep. I project them at nine wins. It's, wow. What do you think? Three yeah, and three. Well, I'm yeah. split it's it down the that, middle. Yeah, that's not out of the realm. Actually, wait a minute. There's seven games. They can't be three and three. No. All right. Um, well, give them a... You want to put them to ten? Put them at ten. Okay. Bears at 10. Vikings, 5-3-1 at Chicago, home to Green Bay, then at New England, then at Seattle for the Vikings, Miami at home, softy, at Detroit, soft, soft, home against Chicago. That's a medium schedule with a really hard date at New England. Yeah, those that is softer, I think. They're, but then again, man, your boy Kirk is... I don't know. They, they, right. They've normalized. See, it's just wide open right now. And then the Packers at Seattle, short week. That's a tough game. Yep. At Minnesota, that's a killer. Tough game, but off of a mini buy. True, mini buy. That's going to help. Arizona at home for the Packers. Soft. Soft. Yeah. Atlanta, medium. Medium. At Chicago, hard. At the Jets, Soft. soft. And then home against Detroit, soft. Yes. I think the Packers have a good shot at going 5-2. Five 5-2, and two. Five and would two, which would put you put at, nine, at 9, yeah. 6, and 1. So, in essence, they can control their fate. They have to win the Minnesota and Chicago games. And I, I think they have to win Thursday, too. Does 9-6-1 and one get it done in the division? Depends on what the other teams do. I think it could. It puts pressure on how will Trubisky and the Bears respond to that pressure. The Vikings would only have to go four and three to match you guys. 
at 9-6-1. And that's doable, too. We might have a three-way tie, Zabe. It'd be <laughs> delicious. The, and the Bears can go 3-4 and four and be at 9-7. and seven, that's right, because the Bears which, don't have that funky tie. But that's a loser. 9-7 and is a loser to 9-6-1. Yeah. and one. People true. bitch about ties. Ties are half wins. That's half true. Half wins put you over the top. All right, it's going to be fun. Sports fans, football season is quickly running out. It's time to get in on the action with MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can bet aside, predict scores, track player props. MyBookie.ag lets you play without cash or other purchases. Use promo code ZABE, that's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.ag has in-game live action on every major league event, even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.ag than today. Go to MyBookie.ag to open an account and join in on the fun. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Signing up is easy and you'll have access to your own personal dashboard. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code ZABE. No deposit necessary. Terms, conditions apply. Void where prohibited. Uh, should team it should is. should fans root for their NFL team to tank and lose games? There are some Giant fans unhappy that last night Eli let him down the field for a game-winning touchdown. He let him down the field by handing the ball off, didn't he? Well, yeah, he got two egregious penalties in his favor, and he had a wide-open flip to their tight end, and then they had a little dump off to Saquon Barkley who ran for like 30 yards. Other than that, it was like, okay, great, Eli. I'm so happy, by the way, because I want Eli – in that spot forever. I want to play against him as a Redskin fan for as long as I can because he's just not good anymore. He maybe was never that good. This argument about him being a Hall of Famer, I'm like, come on. Come on. Not even come close. On. Not but even anyway, close. But was, so, so, uh, so do you believe that, that people should root for them, their it, NFL team to take? It's human nature to follow that stuff, but my thing is a lot of times the number two pick is a better spot than the number one, believe really? it or not. Yeah. Okay. You don't because you you it takes the pressure off. Um, the number one overall pick comes with a lot of baggage and pressure. But if and, you're the if you're the three pick like the Jets were last year, and they get the itch to go up and get a QB and Sam Darnold, they then have to trade. Yeah, that's well, that's and you're giving lane. up extra to move one spot, which that's they lane. did. I consider I I consider the top five picks to be like number ones to me. Basically, they're you know depending on positional need and everything. It, if as long as you're in that top five, if you fall out of the top five, then you're screwing okay. yourself. But I, I just think the way the draft works, and it's such a crapshoot. Yeah. That especially now, if if there isn't a number one quarterback, and when's the last time we had one of those? You know, like a true holy a, shit, this guy's gonna a be franchise awesome. changer. Like yeah, an Andrew Luck where was, type. Where was Jared Goff drafted? One one. He looks, he looks pretty good. Where was uh, Where was Andrew Luck drafted? One one. One one. It, well, Andrew Luck, the jury's out, right? Nah, I think the jury's not out. I mean, he's coming back from he's that shoulder good. He's injury. He's coming back there. Yeah, he, he was him. really prolific before the injury. He just had That's bad true. teams around him. That's true. Um, the guy, you know who the guy is. It's not next year. It's the year after. It's Tua. Yeah. It's Tua. Tank for Tua. This is not the year That'll to tank. That'll be next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll be next year you want to tank. Exactly. Uh, real quick on baseball. What's uh, what's happening uh, with the Brewers, and what are your thoughts on Bryce Harper, who is the number one free agent to be here? Um, Bryce Harper, I thought that the Nationals, your Nationals, did a good job of a CYA offer. Hey, we offered him thirty mil a year for ten years, man. 
and then he can go shop that and walk, and he won't. They know how Scott Boris works. He's not right. going to take less. And right. th- that was basically a, eh, well, what are you going to do? We gotta, now we're going to spend our money on pitching and do something else. But they, does that fool anybody? Because everybody it, it, knows that was not like an offer that was going to stick. It's the equivalent of a guy who hits a ground ball to short, and he puts his head down and runs at 75% and makes it look like he's running at 100%. I believe they call that eyewash. Eyewash, false hustle. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's what exactly. They made the token, hey, we tried. You know, and they knew what their number was, and uh, nice, have, nice knowing you, Bryce. I have no idea why the Nats felt that they had to do that. I, I've I've read explanations saying to stay in the good graces of the first bank of Boris. I've read explanations about they the ownership's really fond of Harper, and they just want to maybe keep a, a a flickering light on in case something weird happens in free agency. I'm like, but everyone sees yeah. through this. Everyone, this is the most transparent offer ever that everyone knows is not a real offer. Uh, I've seen that in this market here with like, hey, we made an offer to Prince Fielder. We made an offer to Zach Reinke and they, you know, or and whatever. What were, the, and, what were those offers? Well, Prince was uh, way less. I mean, <laughs> Prince got 180 million or whatever it was. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, I think you have to do it. I think it's just, uh, it's almost polite. It's a okay. polite way of doing business. How come um, how come free agency is open in baseball and basically no one's signed yet? This is not there isn't that midnight twelve oh one rush like the NBA. Isn't that weird though? Well, and it's the winter meetings. It's more the the rhythm of it. We just had the general managers meetings, which is like the opening of trade free agent season, and it's it, it works at its own pace, much like the game unfolds at its own pace. Yes, the timeless game. It's luxurious. Yes, it's just it's <laughs> it's relaxing. It's yeah. it's never been that. Hey, we got to sign this guy at twelve oh one, the first day that the first minute that yeah. we've been tampering and stuff. That's the way free agency works. Well, with the Brewers this week, um, to me, the only drama as we record this is whether Kristen Yelich will be unanimous for uh, MVP in the National League. He's going to win. I, it, nothing in sports this year will shock me more than Kristen Yelich not being named MVP of the National League. Do you think that baseball could do a better job on its awards and when they roll um, them out and how they roll them out? Yeah, probably. Um, th- there's been talk about doing a dinner li- live for TV. Yeah. Uh, we actually we, we talked about that for years. Back when I was uh, president of the baseball writers, we were in discussions to do that. There were networks that were clamoring for that show. And they don't, they don't do that award now. show. Now the MLB Network does them, and they just announce them, right? The and guy they roll in a podium. them out. Yeah, they roll them out. Uh, like you know, they have a show. They'll have the guys on, and they they announce the three finalists, which they never used to do. You know that you know the NHL does an awards night. Yes, black tie in Vegas. Probably a top rated show in Canada every year. <laughs> Nobody watches. I'd that rather show. watch that during sweeps than the you know another CMA awards or something. You got to find the right spot for it, and when this stuff gets rolled out during football season. It's not a great spot. No, and it's they wait a week after the World Series. It just baseball's already a, a flickering memory for us now. Yeah. Kind of shut that off for the year. I, I will say I had a vote. My vote this year was for Manager of the Year. And and, and um, well, the favorites this year. It's funny because it's a regular season award, right? Yeah. Um, the votes are due before the first postseason game. So if you had to revote, it would probably be Craig Council and Alex Cora, right? And who'd I mean, you vote? I actually voted, and this is gonna. I'm gonna get hate mail from Georgia. Uh, the top three: Brian Snitker's probably gonna win from Atlanta, right? They had the best narrative. They had the, you know, they they were ahead of schedule on their rebuild. Okay. Uh, I actually, for the first time, I think ever as a voter in 20 some years, I voted for the hometown guy. I voted for Craig Council for Manager of the Year. 
I voted my conscience. I, it's, I've always been against that because I'm not. Uh, I don't want to be perceived as. Was a it homer. really your conscience, though, Drew? Well, it was. I, I'm not a homer because I've homer. never voted for him. But he <laughs> that man, doesn't make you. Not all he a did homer. was win more games than anybody in the league and take his team from the from dead in September. No, by, I agree. By uh, managing a pitching staff where a quality start was three and a third innings. <laughs> right. That was, it and, was he, epic. And, he, and he kind of trimmed the sails on that strategy midseason. Yeah, and so, so. I, I, I gave him the nod, and then it came down to, for me, Bud Black and Brian Snitker, and I crunched some numbers, and I looked, and I, man, I, I consider Coors Field, it's tough to win there. Yeah. And I gave it to, I gave my second-place vote to Bud Black, and Brian Snitker's going to win with my third-place vote, and people in Georgia are going to motherfuck me up and down, <laughs> say I'm an idiot, I'll get the hate tweets, I'll get screamed at like Tucker, Tucker Carlson at a restaurant that's not the Palm. Oh, Jesus. It's going to be awful. But, <laughs> and, hey, I'm going to live with it because, And what about uh, your American you know, League? Uh, American League, I think Bob Melvin might win of Oakland. Who'd again, you vote for in the American I, League? I don't vote. Uh, my vote was in the National League because oh, we're okay. a National League market. But the, I think Bob Melvin might win that one when, again, Alex Cora was the best manager. And it is, it's almost like the MVP. Like, I consider Joe Madden. If you ask me if you had to pick one manager, I'd probably take Joe Madden in the Why National League. I think he's brilliant, but he won't win. And Dave Roberts, we like narratives. We vote for yeah. narratives and we vote for scrappy underachievers for manager rather than we discount how hard it is to be Belichick. By the way, I don't see Joe Madden's brilliance. Sorry, I just don't see it. Call right, me, well, call me like Peter Griffin in in uh, Family Guy when he says the Godfather insists upon itself. I, I'm close I, to people think, that are around I, the Cubs a lot, and yeah. they they tell me of I hear anecdotally, and like they're all um, they're all enthralled by it. Maybe it's not because I you know maybe his relationship with Theo is fraying or something, but I've always thought he was pretty good at it. Okay, uh, uh, even going back to Tampa. Okay. Uh, that said, why didn't you vote in any of the categories? Uh, you only get, the way the chapters divide it, you, every voter gets like uh, one category. Like the two main beat guys would get MVP, and then the people who are like columnists uh, or whatever, okay. they would get the right. uh, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. I always seem to get the tough category, because this year Manager of the Year was a tough category. Listen to you complaining. About picking a baseball. Hey, award. make a stand, man! You got a sub- subjective thing, and you I'm going to be sports writers. No matter are what you do, so you're going to get motherfucked. There's nothing more <laughs> thankless than getting, you know. No matter what, you slave over that ballot and you look at it and you you, you, go, you mental gymnastics for days and you put it in, and then somebody says you're a fucking idiot because you didn't agree with them. There oh, are, could you? What are you a dumbass? There's an engineer somewhere trying to get the lead, the poisonous lead, out of the water system in Flint, Michigan, and you, Drew Olson, are like. Boy, yeah, this manager. Hey. I, got, I got a really hard question. Let, come come to come to Stately Olson Manor when the the Hall of Fame ballot's sitting on my desk for the month of December when I'm wrestling with it and trying to you know. <laughs> okay. All right. Anything else, real, anything else real? Anything else real quick before FTG? I, Go I ahead. do. I have some. Uh, the NFL schedules, Abe. I, I need your help on this because you're an expert on all things NFL. Um, That's an I, overstatement, but I ahead. think the Thursday game, as we look at the Packers traveling like uh, halfway across the country after playing on Sunday, Thursday games suck. They're a fact of life. You got to deal with it. But shouldn't they always be divisional games because they require less preparation? Because hmm. it's not an uncommon opponent and less travel, a shorter travel trip for most people. Now, granted, some of the geography in the NFL is fucked up, but right. like, shouldn't the Packers be playing where they have an hour flight rather than flying? And they're actually leaving. Today, as we tape this on Tuesday, uh, they're leaving today to get to Seattle after playing Sunday. It's just fucked up. I That would help, but here's two things. One is you're adding another level of complexity to an already yes. ultra-complex Which, puzzle of 
who plays who when, what are the which rules? Which is my other which was my other suggestion. Why is it mandated and why can't we have as we just saw Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have faced off against each other twice. Isn't that criminal? Yeah, that is. So shouldn't there be somewhere in the 16 week season shouldn't we Shouldn't, couldn't we marquee? Rig- are you are you advocating for marquee games? Yes, I'm advocating for a flex game where every team gets like one flex game that you don't have to play, and it's going to be imbalanced because we didn't play the same opponents. Like fuck. So that. it's Who so cares? literally, you want the networks to no, hand pick. I want the matchups that are advantage. You want the league yes, to hand if, pitch se- hand pick sexy matchups. If the if if quarterbacks are taken number one and two in the draft let's have them fucking play oh my each God. other are you have you let's lost give me a week where i get that sexy matchup because <laughs> have you lost your ever-loving no, mind this think is about it this is the worst need... idea ever you're gonna have teams you get a packer fans by, by the way screaming yeah. bloody murder going so let me get this straight we have to fucking play the patriots because it'll be a fun game and the bears and the vikings don't fuck that noise yeah, well who's their marquee game against give them a marquee game if they're good. They won't have a marquee game, Drew. Why wouldn't they? Not everybody does. What would the Bears marquee game? But, but I'm just talking about like an out of the divisional lineup because Oh, I know, then, what, you're, I know what you're talking yeah, you about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You're, you're you talking know. about making the NFL more of so, a TV show than it really is and less of an actual it's league all, where there's rules and schedules and, and but, equitable concepts. Here, equitable my ass because here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. If you played, let's use... The 49ers. If you played the 49ers in week two and Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy and he shoves it up your ass and then he gets hurt in week eight and your opponent plays him, that's not the same fucking team you're playing. Hey, this game last night was supposed to be a marquee matchup. This game, when ESPN got it, was oh, licking their lips. It's and Eli. It's Odell e- with a new Eagles contract. Cowboys it's was Barkley. supposed to be, too. And, and it's versus Jimmy Garoppolo, who last year didn't lose a game. On the way I to know, the end of the I barn, know. so so it turned into a shit sandwich, which I laughed at because a lot of people which, don't like the Wit Tess and Boog team, and they're like, "Ha ha, you get to do a shitty game." Although it was an entertaining game, nonetheless. So wow, that's interesting, Drew. I would say my simple answer to you would be hell to hell the no. naw naw, hell yeah. to the naw naw on it that is. idea because it's totally inequitable. Just because certain teams have sexy players well, and who are television catnip that have to play a really hard game against the, a really good team like the Patriots. The baseball equivalent of this is the regional rival. Like the Brewers play the yes. Twins every year interleague, which right. who gives a shit? Why well, they should be playing the White Sox or somebody else. Like flex it. Like no one Yeah, but it's uh, one series amidst a hundred well, and sixty two. It's games. four games in hundred and sixty two because they do home and home usually two. It's a weird two game orphan series. It's I have a better that's messed up. I have a better solution for Thursday night. Get rid of the fucking games. Well, there. That, that would be awesome. Problem Bang, solved. Problem solved. Yeah, right. You're right. No Thursday you're night right. games. Now, if the networks are so insistent, like we need this deliciousness on our schedule, we've got to have a football game on Thursday. I have an alternate solution. May not be, may require some logistics, but I think it could work. You ready? Yes. You play the game at a secure location on Sunday. You film it. Oh, God. And you put it in the vault. That's and dumber you, than my idea. No, it's not. And then you show the dumber game. Dumber than my you idea. You show the game on Thursday. Oh, my God. And nobody knows the score or the outcome, we hope at least, unless somebody leaks it on social media. <laughs> that is dumber than my idea. <laughs> uh, it needs some work. I'll grant you that. It, <laughs> so it definitely does mine. Needs, 
It needs some work, but I'm 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 willing to entertain thoughts. Of course, That's guys, we get injured funny. in the game, and then yeah. I'm not a good guy. All right, here we go. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, Drew, what do we got for FTG this week? Oh, this is a good one. I don't even know if I want to use his name, but the guy who tweeted the, air quotes, scoop about Jordy Nelson's retirement yesterday. Oh, I didn't hear this. Oh, you didn't hear the shitstorm that was no. Jordy Nelson's retirement? Well, it resonated here because people love this yeah, yeah. Jordy Nelson. Yeah. A guy who calls himself a senior NFL analyst for Silver Black 2, number 2 day, which is some kind of Silver and Black blog, 2 day. Blog, mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, right. Contributor for CBS Sports Radio in Vegas tweeted that Jordy Nelson was going to. Uh, I'm hearing, I've, I've heard that I'm Jordy hearing. Nelson's going to retire uh, today. He's going to announce his retirement today. And it swept through the Twitterverse. It was never Schefterized or it was never Glazerized. It was never. But there were a couple hours where people were talking about it like it was going to happen. Where, first of all, uh, and then there were rumors that he walked by some beat writers and said, I got to get the fuck out of here. Which I don't think Jordy Nelson swears. I don't remember ever hearing him say yeah, the seems F like word. Like a Boy Scout, you know. Yeah, he's... but but the, the, so the guy tw- tweets this. It sweeps across the Twitterverse, at least in our part of the universe, like wildfire. Instantly, people jump to, "Can the Packers get him?" Which, if he retires, the Raiders keep his rights. He's on the reserve retire list. He's not a free agent because otherwise, anybody in a shitty situation would retire and then sign with a new team. Who do you think you are, Brett fucking Favre? Anyway, this guy tweets this, and then he kind of. Backed off it on yeah. Twitter. He said, some online publications have taken my tweet on Nelson as some inside info or fact when no one associated with Silver and Black Today stated Nelson was retiring officially or unofficially. Uh, it was my speculation, and that's all. Then he goes that, on to tweet, I was irresponsible with how I worded it. I certainly didn't mean for it to be taken as a report, but it's 100% my fault. I'll be much clearer with how I word things in the future. What's the, yeah. guy's, what's the guy's name? The guy's name is Chris Reed. Hey, Chris Reed. Fuck that guy. Absolutely. By the way, it looks like the Packers made the right call on Jordy. He hadn't had a good game since September 23rd, and it's and now granted, look, they've gotten rid of a lot of guys. Absolutely, but two catches for sixty. He had no. He had zero for zero against the Chargers. Nothing. Had one catch for 14 yards prior. to the two for four, two for 16, one for 14, two for six. It's been bad. All right, here's my FTG for the week. It goes to former UCLA coach Jim Mora. He was on ESPN2 doing a between-games knock-around with a couple of the guys talking about stuff. Alabama had just shut out Mississippi State 24-0, and Tua Tungavailoa had been banged around pretty good. And former uh, Texas linebacker uh, by the name of Emmanuel Acho got into it saying, you know, I don't think Tua should play against the Citadel. And Jim Moore was like, you crazy? You're going to lose the locker room. And they start arguing. Like, well, they're going to lose the locker room. Every Alabama player probably wants to at a rest for their game against Auburn. That was when Jim Mora cracked out the how many national championships have you won argument to Emmanuel Acho. Hey, Jim Mora Jr., how many Pac-12 titles did you win? Zero, you douchebag. Fuck that guy. That's just the worst argument ever. How many championships oh. have you won? At least Acho was cool. He played it cool. He didn't get flustered. And then he said, you know what? We can go down the hall and talk to Mac Brown, who works at ESPN, and ask him since 
he did win a national championship. And Hell I bet yes. and I bet Mac Brown would be like, Yeah, we're not playing two of this week. Why would you know it's so dumb. Quarterbacks wear different colored jerseys in practice for one reason. Don't get them hurt. So when you're playing the Citadel and you're gonna beat them by a zillion points prior to the Iron Bowl and prior to the SEC title game, it, it's only common sense to sit them out. Truth. All right, yeah. Drew. Always a pleasure. Listen to Drew's show with his boy KB on the Big 920 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Get the iHeartRadio app and just download and stream all the goodness in yes. digital, crystal, clear clarity. We don't do fuck that guy, but we do a daily stripper poll and some stupid games, so <laughs> be, sure and, uh, be sure and check us out. All right, Drew. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, bud. You bet, man. Let's end with this today. Headline. Robots will soon match humans in creativity, comma, emotional intelligence. Didn't Chip Kelly get fired in Philly because of a lack of emotional intelligence? You know, being able to understand that other people have emotions and that you should try not to trod upon them or just be sensitive to them to some degree. Here's the story. As if we don't already have enough to worry about when it comes to artificially intelligent machines being able to perform many tasks faster and better than humans can, potentially stealing our jobs in the future and presenting what some technologists worry is an existential threat to humanity, now it appears that AI, artificial intelligence, will soon be able to match humans at being, well, human too. Well, duh! Who didn't see this coming? Of course the robots are going to be better at being us. And they're going to learn to lie, and they're going to learn to be devious, and they're going to learn to be funny and selfish, all these things. Oh, you can't program human emotions and human characteristics. There's no formula for being jealous. Eh, I bet there's some nerd working on that, actually. Got to be reducible to numbers somehow, right? And if it's not programmed in to the robots, like this story said, they'll figure it out on their own. God, it's going to be an unbelievable world. I think I'll be dead by then. Uh, the A professor at the Artificial Intelligence, or, or a sci- Scientia professor of Artificial Intelligence at UNSW Sydney in Australia predicts robots will be as smart as humans by the year 2062. This was all uh, presented at what I like. This is the best part of the whole story. This was presented by an Australian AI expert, Toby Walsh, at the Festival of Dangerous Ideas in Sydney, Australia. (laughs) The Festival of Dangerous Ideas. Oh, hell, we call that the tailgate. At an Alabama-Auburn game in November. (laughs) Festival of Dangerous Ideas. That's hold my beer, dot, dot, dot. Experts believe that AI will soon learn and possibly match human traits like creativity, emotional intelligence, and adaptability in less than 50 years. Yeah, I uh, would not bet the over on that. I think 50 years sounds about right. I think in my lifetime, though, we will have Computers that speak in real plain English that can host talk shows or at least portions of talk shows 
and that voice you know, synthesis, this is already happening. I've seen this shit already on the web. It's, it's amazing, it's scary, and it's crazy. Somebody will be able to voice sample the exact tenor, pitch, characteristics, idioms, and everything else that come from a well-known, say, national sports radio talk show host. Not yours truly, but say Stephen A. Smith. He'd be the first and easiest guy to do. And then you just program it, and you let the computers take it from there. And you then feed the computer program, the algorithm, the scores from last night, quotes from LeBron, everything else, wind it up. And you will not, in I think in my lifetime, you will have virtual guys. Like I believe that they will resurrect Howard Cosell to sound exactly like Howard Cosell in his prime to host a full talk show. And that will be available on the internet if the internet's around in 30 years. That, I believe, is going to happen. And that may be a festival of dangerous... That might be in the festival of dangerous ideas, come to think of it. And I I do believe that Howard Cosell would think the same thing. As one of TV's most renowned broadcasters, Howard Cosell was a man of many opinions. One of his biggest pet peeves was what he termed jockocracy. They don't ask a lot of me, do they? Tell the public about this. It's the jocks who played the game, right? They should be on the air, right? Gee, that's a disgraceful thing. Yes, indeed. A disgraceful, dangerous idea. Don't forget, football season is running out. Time to get in on the action with MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your Favorite betting events. You can bet sides, scores, track player props. MyBookie.ag lets you play without cash or other purchases. Use promo code ZABE when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Even if the game is already kicked off, don't sweat it. They've got in-game live action for every major league event, even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.ag than today. Go to MyBookie.ag, open an account, join the fun. Promo code ZABE. That's promo code ZABE when you register and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Signing up is easy. You'll have access to your own personal dashboard. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code ZABE. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. Void where prohibited. That will finally do it for me today. Thanks for listening. Download, subscribe, comment, and like. Get the app for the Zabecast. It's so slick and it's absolutely free. Remember, podcasts are the future. Email me with ideas, topics, and feedback. Zabe at yahoo.com. Now go on out and train your robot to not be evil. And we will see you next time. <laughs>